Well, good morning, everybody, and uh, great to see you. Hope you can hear me. And we're continuing in, in, in our series on uh, the life, uh, uh, the work of the Holy Spirit and the life of the Spirit. And this talk is mysteriously entitled, Walking in the Spirit in a Lockdown World. The lockdown and COVID has had a profound effect on people. Earlier this week, I met a friend in town. I hadn't seen him for a year. He doesn't share my faith. He's a good friend. He's a strong guy with a well-organized life. And spontaneously, he told me of all the pressures of lockdown and how it had affected his mental health. We just had the funeral of the Duke of Edinburgh yesterday. Jane and I watched, watched it. Many of you will have done. I shed some tears. I felt that sense of mourning. I felt for the Queen. I felt for people who've suffered because of the grieving issue during lockdown. I felt for myself and for our family because Jane's mother died during lockdown. Lockdown in so many ways has affected us. And it's affected Christians as well as non-Christians and people in the church are saying we've been lonely, we've been isolated. We've had problems with depressive feelings. We felt frustrated. We felt troubled by different things. And so we're asking the question this morning, well, in the light of all this, what about the work of the Holy Spirit? We can't meet normally, and that's frustrating. We can't have many face-to-face -face fellowship encounters. That's frustrating, even though things are easing up a bit now. We've had a year or more of this frustration and this difficulty. And I want to come in the light of all these things this morning and ask the question, so does this diminish the work of the Holy Spirit? I hope you know the answer to that question. If we were live face to face, I'd expect some feedback from the congregation at that point. Has the work of the Holy Spirit diminished because of all these restrictions or issues? Well, the answer, as we know, not just biblically, but practically, is not at all. Our God is present in difficulty as well as in ease. He is at work and he can work within us. And this talk is about how the Holy Spirit can work within us. This talk is designed to help us to reimagine our, our relationship with the Holy Spirit after a year of feeling oppressed, compressed, depressed, suppressed by all sorts of different things around us. Felt restricted and frustrated. And we've lost the opportunity to meet together in large numbers for those glorious moments of worship fellowship and hearing the word of God together. They're coming back soon, by the way, folks. It's not going to be long. But in the meantime, walking in the spirit in a lockdown world. Our text this morning is Galatians chapter 5. And I'm going to read from verse 16 right the way through to verse 25, a well-known passage. Let's read it together. Hopefully you've got a Bible available. Let's really give attention to the actual text. Maybe God's going to speak to you through a particular verse in this text that'll come to your mind even if I don't emphasize it. So I say, says Paul, walk 
by the Spirit. And you're not gratified the desires of the flesh, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other, so that you do not so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, sorry, uh, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. There's an incredible metaphor here that comes out in three different verses. Verse 16, verse 18, and verse 25. If you just give a little bit of attention to those three verses, I want to focus on these very interesting words that are used. In verse 16, walk by the Spirit. In verse 18, um, <coughs> you are led by the Spirit. In verse 25, we live by the Spirit. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Now, these Words and these verbs and these phrases tell us of a dynamic relationship between the individual believer and the Holy Spirit on a day-to-day -day basis that produces fruit, character change that blesses people, the fruit of the Spirit, which we're not going to discuss in detail today, but there it is beautifully represented in this passage. But I want to just focus on the words used in verses 16, 18, and 25. Being led by the Spirit, walking by the Spirit. What does this actually mean? This is about, if you imagine somebody who is walking alongside you and yet is your guide. That's what I want you to have in your mind. Somebody who, as you're walking along, is your companion alongside you, but is also your guide. So this particular person might be alongside you at times and might be slightly ahead of you at other times. I want you just to keep this idea in your imagination. This is a bit like um, a city guide. I wonder if you've ever been on a city tour in a busy city where you do, you're doing a tourist tour. And I wonder whether you've seen those guides who have a long pole and a flag or something at the top of the pole. Have any of you ever seen this? In busy cities where there's lots of people, you gather around somebody. So imagine it's a lady who's a guide and she's got a long pole and there's a red flag at the top. And the other guide's got a pole with a blue flag and the other one's got a pole with a green flag. And as you're walking along, sometimes she's with you explaining things. Then she says, follow me. 
and she disappears off into the crowd and you can't see her. But what can you see? You can see the red flag high up. Do you get it? The Holy Spirit is sometimes just right there with us and sometimes he's a little bit in front of us. He's our companion, but he's leading us. I had a vivid experience of this many years ago while traveling with my younger brother in the country of Pakistan and being high up in the mountains, the mountains next to the Himalayas. They're known as the Karakoram. And we went to a little town that's 8,000 feet high up in the mountains. Snowdon's 3,000 feet, just for comparison. And this town was 8,000 feet. And the people locally said, there's a wonderful walk you can take up into a plateau in the mountains. It's not a very difficult walk. It's a long walk you can take, and, and you, you won't be able to find your way easily. And they, they sent us a guide, a young boy, 13 or 14 years old. And the three of us walked up 2,000 feet, up to 10,500 feet, high up into the mountains. Sometimes he was alongside us. Sometimes he had to go ahead. And he took us in different ways, and some of it was very dangerous. There were cliffs and places you could fall, and some of it was very unexpected. Sometimes he was alongside us. Sometimes he's just a little bit ahead of us, leading us forward. This is the role of the Holy Spirit in your life, day to day, if only you and I are able to perceive it. And my experience of Christians generally is that we are far less aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life on a day-to-day basis than we could be with very sad consequences. I did an experiment this week in preparation for this talk. And I thought to myself, right, I'm going to live out the truths that I'm speaking consciously every day this week and see what happens. And I'll tell you what happens at the end of this talk. Just a few more things to put on the table. Here's our guides. We walk by the Spirit. We're led by the Spirit. We live by the Spirit. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Ever had an experience of walking along the road and you're just a little bit slower than the other person who's walking or you're a little bit faster than the other person that's walking? Isn't that a frustrating experience? I go walking sometimes with younger members and fitter members of the church and sometimes even before we start, I won't name anybody, But I say to them, right, you've got to slow down your pace by 20% before you even start. Otherwise, we're never going to stay together because I can't keep up with you because you'll just be walking along in a standard way and I'll be there getting more and more out of breath and unable to speak by about 10 minutes' time. Literally, that's the case. We need to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. But the stronghold in our minds that I want to challenge today, may not be in your mind, but generally my perception, it's in many people's minds, is we don't necessarily believe that the Holy Spirit is as interested in our lives as he actually is. In our mind, we separate the more spiritual things from the more 
ordinary things in a way that God doesn't separate. And the more we're conscious of the presence of the Holy Spirit on a day-to-day basis, the more possibility there is for him to speak to us and to lead us and to empower us when we are in the workplace, in the office, caring for young children, feeling incredibly tired and stressed, in the midst of family responsibilities. I believe he can speak to us in dramatic ways. And so the, walk to, the, 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 the lockdown situation has tended for some people to suppress this sense of the presence and power of the Holy Spirit within us. But I'm contending today that lockdown or not, COVID or not, the Holy Spirit is astonishingly interested in every aspect of our lives and he wants to walk alongside us to encourage us and he wants to guide us one step ahead like the mountain guide I mentioned, like the city guide that I mentioned. And this means that the gifts of the Spirit and the leading of the Spirit are not just for Sunday meetings or gatherings. One of the most dramatic examples of this in the New Testament is the story of Philip in Acts 8, who <coughs> was a preacher and he was, carrying, he was working and he was uh, carrying on and, and going around the country in Israel. And an astonishing thing happened to him one day where God spoke to him and said, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. In his daily life, suddenly a bit of guidance. Do this rather than that. And it was a slightly unlikely thing for him to do because this was out of the way of where he would intend to go. And a little bit later, as he saw uh, somebody going along in a chariot, the spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. And most of you will know the story that there was a man on the chariot, the Ethiopian who was reading the Old Testament, and Philip managed to get in communication with him and explain Christ to him, and he was converted. But the interesting thing about this story is it all came about only because of the specific words of the Spirit to Philip, the Word of God coming to him in his ordinary life, in his ordinary life. You never know what's going to happen. Prophetic events can happen. We can pray for people in ordinary life much more than we care to realize. I'm increasingly offering to pray for people either there and then or to pray for them in, after I've spoken to them. We can share our testimony. We can show compassion. There are so many things that we can do. And I just want to commend to you the fact that in your life, the Holy Spirit is very, very interested in all the details, very interested in everything that's happening. But that sense of his presence is sometimes lacking. So how do we increase that sense of the Holy Spirit's presence? Well, can I suggest to you two things that I find really, really helpful? 
They're very, very simple. And I do these two things almost every day. The first is to pray through the Lord's Prayer. Now, there isn't particular teaching about the Holy Spirit in the Lord's Prayer, but what you do when you pray the Lord's Prayer, something happens inside you for this reason. When we pray normally and we just start from a standing start, we pray about the things that are worrying us, don't we? Is that where you start? Think, oh yeah, I've got this, I've got that. I'm worried about this. I need to pray about that. And we start there. Well, the Lord's Prayer starts somewhere else. Thy kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Later on, there's give us today our daily bread. Our needs are in the prayer. <clears throat> but our imagination is already taken at the beginning of the prayer to what God is doing rather than just our lives. Now, I find that really helpful. So when I get to your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it, as it is in heaven, I will pause on each phrase and think, what is God doing in his kingdom? What's he doing in our church? What's he doing in my life? What's he doing in other countries? It's really, really helpful. So my mind has already gone to a bigger picture. And so having prayed the Lord's Prayer, the next thing which is so helpful, and I find it invariably helpful to me, is to pray in our prayers very specifically, Lord, today, fill me with the Spirit for today. Paul says, be continually filled with the Holy Spirit in Ephesians. But that only happens if we ask him. So by the time I've come out of my prayer time, I've thought about God's kingdom, not just my own problems. And I've got plenty of problems like you have. But I've thought about God's kingdom and I've consciously connected with the Holy Spirit. And as I walk out, then my expectation that something may happen has grown from naught up to a much higher point. So I just encourage you in this direction. He's far more interested in your daily life than you would ever imagine. So when we come together on Sunday, we worship and we hear the word of God. This is just merely strengthening us for that daily life of being filled with the Spirit. It's a wonderful thing to do and it strengthens our convictions to move forward. So anyway... I tried it out this week in fullness, starting on Monday. I said, Lord, okay, I'm going to be as flexible as I can. I'm going to try and listen to you as much as I can during the course of every day. And if I sense I should do this or go there or listen to this person or uh, phone this person, I'll do it. I can't tell you everything that's happened this week. But I could write a journal of what's happened this week because it's been remarkable. First of all, I had a conversation with someone on, in town that I mentioned earlier who just suddenly opened up. That just gave me an incredible opportunity, which just uh, all I needed to do was not be in too much of a hurry. You know what it's like when people start talking to you and you're in a bit of a hurry and you don't give them the time of day. Sometimes the Holy Spirit is saying, hang on a minute, listen. So I listened for a long time. Later on in the week, I was talking to a shopkeeper about something, a guy I know reasonably well. 
particular issue that we were discussing or things, thing I wanted to buy. And I was just making to the exit of the shop, a small shop, and he said, hang on a minute, before you go, I want to ask you a question. And he suddenly asked me a very deep question. And I stood there in the entrance of his shop, blocking other customers coming in just for five minutes while he wanted to ask me this question. I thought, wow, Lord, that's interesting. And I just needed not to be in too much of a hurry, not to be too programmatic, not to be too focused. And then as I was praying in the middle of the day a few days ago, I suddenly thought of another friend who just came into my mind. Have you ever had that experience when someone just keeps coming into your mind? Don't ignore that experience. Another non-Christian friend. So I phoned him up out of the blue. And he said, I'm so glad you phoned me. And there's things I need to tell you. And, and there was such a lot to say, say that I didn't know about. So I said at the end, well, I'll be praying for you. I'm just going to keep in touch with you. And then yesterday, someone else contacted me about something else. Again, non-Christian outside the church. Nothing to do with our faith community here. And I contacted back and said, great, thanks for that message by text. I don't think I need to speak to you. And then a few hours later, the, the, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, you need to phone that guy. So I did. And suddenly a whole other conversation opened up, really productively. And so there's other things that could be said. And so as I'm bringing this talk to you, I'm just making a plea to you. You will have been influenced to some extent by a year of lockdown. It's had tremendous challenges for us as believers. We know what the challenges have been in the church. We've said that so many times and that's really important. The flooding and COVID and the restrictions and lack of meeting together, etc. But there have been many other things. But what I'm saying to you today is let's reawaken our imagination to the fact that the Holy Spirit can work even in restricted circumstances. In fact, sometimes even in the most restricted circumstances, he works very powerfully. Paul tells us in Philippians that when he was in prison in Rome, there was a tremendous response to the gospel while he was in prison. As soldiers and others came and went in the compounds where he was being imprisoned, walking in the spirit in a lockdown world. He is at work and he wants to work more in your life than you imagine. So let's awaken to our friend and our guide. He who walks alongside us and yet sometimes walks in front of us when he needs to show us something. So as he's walking alongside us, let's keep in step with him. And keeping in step with the Spirit means not just a, how fast you walk in the physical sense, in a metaphorical sense, it means something different. Keeping in step with the Spirit means not allowing anything sinful to cling to your, to your mind or your heart because as soon as that happens, that sense of the Holy Spirit's presence kind of evaporates in people's minds. And as Paul says graphically in another context, we grieve the spirits. And he, he notes here some of the things, fits of rage, 
discord, selfish ambition, dissension, faction, all sorts of things, grieves the Holy Spirit. Let's stay clear of all that. Keep close to God and let the Spirit move in our lives, even in a COVID lockdown world. So why don't you join with me in this coming week in a, in a real experiment. Many of you will be doing these things routinely anyway. I'm fully aware of that. But why not very consciously ask the Holy Spirit to fill you? Keep your focus on the kingdom of God. Keep your availability as high as you can. You may be at home the whole week. You may not be able to go out in many different places, but that doesn't stop God using you. It might lead you in prayer, in, in contacting people, in writing to people, in giving testimony to people. Who knows what he might do? But he is powerfully at work in this lockdown world. Even as the restrictions are easing, let our spirits rise because the Holy Spirit is among us. God bless you. Thanks for listening. I see many smiling faces on the screen. I'm handing back immediately now to Dave, who's going to conclude our meeting.